0: Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, a.k.a. Your Chief Financial Coconut. And every Friday, you'll be joined by Max, Rakesh, Anthony, and some of our friends who are the leading voices in the investment space today as they geek out on some of the most interesting companies out there in the stock market. Once again, if you want to be super geeky and purely investment-focused, do follow our other podcast feed, TFC Investors Network. All you'll need to do is to search on your favourite podcast platform, TFC Investors Network. For now, let's geek out.
1: Hey Coconuts, welcome back to another episode of Stock Geek Out. Uh, Today... Again, we have Tim Phillips, as we all know, you know, because he's been on our show many times. Thank you very much for your time. Um, but he, he's the content lead and, and investment lead at Prosperous, um, CGI CIMB. And you know, he's here today to talk to us about Etsy, which I mean, I guess most of our audience might not be that familiar with, uh, unless you've been looking for jewelry online, you know. So um, that, that's probably it. That's my impression, at least. Um, welcome, team. Tim. Thank, yeah. Thanks for the time. How, how how things what, what's Etsy about
0: it's <laughs> good, good to be back um yeah well Etsy is 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 actually I guess a, a company that you might not be so familiar with if you're based in Singapore Asia I don't think it has yep. much, uh, it doesn't have a massive presence here um, but basically it's an online uh, shopping platform that is a built around its core brand of Etsy um, but is actually becoming more of a stable of brands and what it does we mm-hmm. cater to artisan sellers and buyers um, so you can kind of think of it as an anti amazon in the sense that you can not find items that you'd find on etsy anywhere else right so if you want something specially made for somebody's birthday or you want a piece of interesting decor for your living room or maybe you want um you know cool piece of jewelry or you want a a Especially like tailor-made piece of clothing, you can get it on Etsy, right? Um, And so there are um, millions of sellers, uh, and there are obviously there are lots of buyers as well, habitual habitual buyers, repeat buyers that go back and like the like the experience that they have with Etsy, um, and then obviously purchase uh, from these uh, from 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 the site. So Etsy is really just Mm. marketplace. It's a it's yep. It doesn't have a lot of overheads uh, in terms of fulfillment, like an Amazon would. Um, you know, and a- Etsy actually did a survey last year that looked at buyers on its platform, mm-hmm. um, and it said oh. that around 87% of buyers said that Etsy has items I can't find anywhere else. Right, so I think that really speaks okay. to its. Um, value proposition for uh for buyers um
1: out there so the so i guess it it's kind of a marketplace for like you know customized or customizable um you know individualized non-commoditized goods right um unlike buying toilet paper on amazon right um, but and so but then you know that, that just kind of makes it sound a bit more like the, the old ebay right
0: yeah yeah. in a sense, where
1: where you have private sellers coming on and, and private buyers, and, and Etsy is, is the market, marketplace for, for that. Yeah, Does that sound I, about
0: right? I guess that's true. I guess the way that they packaged it with Etsy, though, is that they've built a really good um, sort of brand, and they've also allowed sellers to kind of make, you know, sort of uh, weave their own narrative for their own brands, mm-hmm. kind of like Shopify. You know how Shopify yep. sort of gave merchants power to tell you know, consumers directly about their brand. And so similarly, sellers on Etsy's platform, there are lots of functions that help them sell and tell the story of their brand to to potential buyers. Um, there's obviously a lot of tech that's used to match buyers and sellers to mm-hmm. in items that they're interested in or for sellers to find buyers that are related to them. Um, yep. So I think it's maybe more a sign of the times in this environment of consumerism and not wanting everything to be completely uh, generic and the same is yeah. what as what you would find. hello yeah, on- we, we, we all we all think we're special, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> you want something special? You don't want to have the same thing. Uh, you know, you don't want to be giving the same thing to someone that someone else has gotten off Amazon for a birthday or for a special occasion and be like, yeah, that's that 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 that's not a good moment. I pretty much gifted some somebody the same thing <laughs> as someone else, right? So. Like, <laughs> It's more. It's more the the value proposition of this is special. This is unique. Um, this has been made specifically for me, uh, or has been made specifically for someone I'm you know buying for, and so I think it serves that purpose uh, really well. And it's it gives more power I think to the the sellers um, you know on the platform. I think Amazon has all the power, right? Amazon kind of dictates. Yep how, uh, what they're going to take from them, you know, they can, they can compete with their own in-house brands, which they do a lot on Amazon's, on Amazon's marketplace. So, I mean, Amazon's no doubt, no doubt an e-commerce giant behemoth, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it doesn't really compete with Amazon in that space, which is, yep. um, which is why it's, it, it's kind of thrived, I think, in, in the way it's, uh, in the way it's grown.
1: Yeah, it, it sounds about right, you know. So, so it's it's not Amazon where, where they they kind of control everything, right? And. And, and kind of sell, sell everybody the same things where it's where you can think of it as McDonald's, right? Consistency yeah. is, is the key there. Um, yeah. and, and it's not really eBay because you have the ability to, to craft your own story and, and to build your brand in that sense, uh, more yeah. than just being an individual seller, you know, even if you're an SMB or, or an individual seller on Etsy and it's not really Shopify as well, because, you know, yeah. while it gives you the tools like Shopify does, you know, it, Etsy is a platform where you can search and, you know, actually reach the, the individual sellers, right? Whereas Shopify, you, you it, it's built by Shopify, but you, you can't search Shopify to to find individual merchants or to find the exact product that you want. Yeah. So so it, it seems to sit in this nice intersection of, of all these, you know, um, comparators, right? <laughs> that, that we can think of. Um, at, but I think at the same time, you know, this is a space that all these... Um, competitors maybe not amazon but you know all, all these other competitors want to get into right so so shopify will want to build out their own ecosystem and, and make things searchable you know yeah. okay ebay probably not so much because they are yeah. half date now but you, you can see marketplaces <laughs> like like fiverr yeah. and all that trying to expand their, their services and yeah. you know build out further services for sellers right um, to yeah. to for their tax reporting and, and all of that so mm. now may, maybe i think etsy kind of the niche now that, that everybody wants to, to come into. So it seems like a very competitive space, but maybe they have the, the first mover advantage, right? I, I don't really know. So, so what's the the story? What's the, you know, um, blue sky um that that right. Etsy yeah. really wants to reach out for?
0: Yeah. Well I think I, I I guess this the first point to make is that its model is very asset light, right? So stuff mm-hmm. like Amazon and and now even Shopify I think this is one of the big reasons why um, there, there are lots of bearish cases on Shopify. Is the fact that they're trying to outspend Amazon, and in terms yep. of logistics, or not out, not trying to outspend, but they're really going to have no chance of competing against Amazon when they're tr- if they're trying to build out logistics and fulfillment networks, right? Because the amount of capital and capex that's required is just humongous. So, in terms of mm-hmm. Shopify's profitability and like when it's going to be profitable, it gets stretched out and out and out and out, obviously, because they're having to invest. Whereas with a platform-only or like platform-focused company like Etsy, basically, they don't deal with any shipping or fulfillment. They leave it to the seller and the buyer to sort out. They're just basically there as the intermediary for the platform uh, to serve. And, you know, they take their fee, they cut, right? So -hmm. they're not involved in any logistics, they're not involved in the massive capex that, is required for a logistics network to function uh, smoothly and so for yeah. that reason you know they've been operating cash flow positive and free cash flow positive for a number of years um as oh, okay. well well it's actually profitable you know they actually make a they make a, a, a profit in terms of net income which is amazing for for most uh people investing in tech nowadays <laughs> And i consider yeah that, that, that,
1: that, that's kind of the, the key now right everybody just yeah. looks for free cash flow um and, flow and hopefully awesome. profits
0: yeah, and there there is actually profits. You know, I think last year they made a, a, a profit, a net income of like around ninety million. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. actually a profitable business. Um, and there's a massive TAM, right? I mean, they estimate themselves. You know, obviously take it with a grain of salt, a pinch of salt, yeah. with with Etsy's management. But they rest, reckon the total addressable market is around four hundred um, mm-hmm. and sixty-six billion dollars. Etsy's GMS, which is the gross merchandise sales in uh, two thousand twenty-one, only. Made up around three percent, right, of that total number. Yep. And so even some independent experts looking at artisanal markets, I mean, they've put the total addressable market globally in, in between like four hundred to five hundred and fifty. So, I mean, Etsy's not mm-hmm. far off, I guess. Um, so it's a big market. I think there is definitely more of a of a shift towards having a unique, uh, you know, a unique, a unique good or a unique artisanal made good for uh, Mm -hmm. for consumers out there. Um, And I think one of the big stories for them is that they're actually looking at expanding their international presence meaningfully. Obviously they Mm -hmm. started in the US, um, it's been operating since 2005. Uh, you know, back in sort of 2015, they went public in 2015. Uh, back in 2015, you know, just under 30 percent of their GMS, so gross merchandise sales, as I mentioned before, is mm-hmm. outside uh, the U.S., right? It was international, um, you know, and its latest, quarter, that was up to 43 percent. Right. So I think they're focusing on core geographies. You know, they're, they're looking at the U.S., obviously the home market, the U.K., Germany, uh, Canada, Australia, France uh, and India. So there are seven mm-hmm geographies that they're looking at but in terms of the actual user base sellers and buyers i mean it's global right you can have there's an etsy singapore it's just probably not very well known but you can go to etsy singapore see what singapore like sellers are selling and uh you can you can go buy stuff from there and you can buy things if you want uh on etsy as a singapore buyer right so it's nothing stopping you as a consumer going there and buying it um Mm -hmm. and nothing Selling, nothing stopping you as a seller to go, to go and sell either so i think what it gives is it gives you in this age of the internet and connectivity and obviously yep. global commerce it gives you the ability to sell globally right and no matter what you're making you can do it obviously you have to figure out the shipping and and all that other stuff yeah
1: you- I, I, I was gonna i was gonna say that right like there is a reason yeah. why amazon and, and shopify go, yeah. go into logistics you know it's, yeah. it's meant to to kind of Cover that customer journey all the way to the end. Exactly. You know, and, and I guess being a pure marketplace you know, kind of means that somebody else has to take that risk, right? Whether it's, yeah. it's the seller and, you know, getting FedEx or UPS, which might not be the most cost efficient, or, or it's yeah. a buyer just taking a risk of non-delivery.
0: Yeah. So I think that there is that, I think, risk in terms of the user experience um, <laughs> that, that comes with it. But I think in terms of the actual platform itself, um, it's on the whole quite well, you know, positively received. Um, yep. In terms of the business and where it's sees the you know growth opportunity, obviously the marketplace revenue makes up the bulk of its uh, of sales. So the marketplace, mm-hmm. in terms of them taking a cut of each transaction, I think there's a small fee for listing items as well. Um, okay. They Used to take a five percent cut of each transaction, um, and they mm-hmm. raised that to six point five percent as of April this year. And so there was a bit of a backlash from the sellers in uh, yep. it, it, on that front, saying like, "Oh, you know, you're taking an extra one point five percent, which is a pretty big percentage out of five percent, right? For yeah, for each transaction." D- d- did,
1: did that show up in the financials? So so did they you know claim a lower number of sellers? that yeah.
0: actually, I mean, obviously, GMS and and their take rate has gone up after that. Mm-hmm. It was in, it was um, implemented like April eleventh, so just after uh, the end of the first quarter. So actually, second quarter earnings were pretty came in pretty positive in terms of in terms of uh, in terms of revenue growth and also take rate. The take rate went up, um, which okay. is. The take rate is the percentage of, uh, sorry, it's the revenue divided by the GMS, right? Times times yep. Just how much of each dollar that they're selling on the platform are they able to are they able to take for themselves. Um, and so their take rate is really impressive. I think it's something around 19, I think the latest quarters are up 19.3%, which is really, really good. Because if you think about... That's really high. Yeah. If you think about something like a, a Shopee, uh, you know, undersea, their, their take rate in 2021 was around 8% or 8.3%, yep. something like that. So you're talking about over double um, what Shopee was doing, uh, you know, in 2021. And so I think they've really grown that because I about about six, when they went public, their take rate was around uh, 10, 11 percent. Right. So it's nearly doubled over the past six, uh, six years. So it's an impressive growth opportunity. I think what they've done is they've been able to grow. Um, their t- top line but also the operating margins also improved significantly right so
1: yeah sorry just just coming back to that take rate right i, I mean this kind kind of um, seems to be you know the, the opposite of, of pretty much what all marketplaces or, or what all e-commerce does where where you subsidize the take rate in a sense uh, as you yeah. grow your market share you know you, you try to corner the market and and then you start increasing the take rate right so yeah. you know but at least from the sounds of it at C doesn't seem to be that far along its journey yet yeah so you know is is there a strategic reason for this is it because they're, they're relatively comfortable in their niche or is it just well i know the market wants free cash flow i'm going to show it to them by hook or by crook therefore i'm going to increase my take rate um yeah. and then we'll see what happens after that you know <laughs> at the at expense of growth right
0: yeah well i think i mean yeah you're 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 right um in terms of in terms of showing the market you know what they want to see obviously at this point in time, the market wants to see cash flow and profits and pricing power, especially in the inflationary environment. So I think they announced this price hike at the beginning of this year or the end of last year. And it was becoming pretty obvious that inflation was, uh, you know, picking up. Um, so I think showing the market that they did have this pricing power was, was a big help. Um, you know, I okay. was not strike. It was like 20,000 sellers. But as a percentage of Twenty thousand sellers out of like 7.4 million sellers so it's a pretty tiny percentage that went on strike in terms of the uh price hike right yeah so i think the value that the platform gives both buyers uh by both sellers and then also buyers as well for sellers i don't think there's um there's other viable competition right now for them mm-hmm. uh, in terms of in terms of um, you know another viable alternative where they can defect to, I mean, Amazon actually has a their own marketplace called Amazon Handmade, but oh okay, um yeah, but they charge like a fifteen percent flat fee for every transaction. So that's versus <laughs> 6.5. six point five. Oh, Six yeah, six point five. And the amount of you know buyers on the platform for um, Etsy is huge, and and Amazon doesn't mm-hmm. break down the the amount of buyers and, and sellers on that handmade niche, um, yeah. but it's really not even on the radar in terms of um, in terms of Etsy's competitors, so it, it doesn't seem yeah. like the effort's being put into it by Amazon to actually grow that business, um, and so Etsy's really kind of had that space uh, to itself uh, for the for the past sort of you know five, six years at least since they went public. Um, and so, you know Sounds about right. <laughs> I think the growth opportunities might come from Etsy Ads, which is a services mm-hmm. part. So you remember, you know, I just mentioned marketplace revenue makes up seventy five percent of the top yep. line of the revenue. Um, the services revenue is actually a big part of that is Etsy Ads, which mm-hmm. is a service that Etsy flogs basically to sellers to help them sell more efficiently you know, to, yep. to buyers out there. So they can either promote on Etsy itself within its ecosystem, like on the homepage or on whatever, or try and target um, buyers more effectively. Or they mm-hmm. can also um, buy offsite ads, performance ads, via Etsy, and so Etsy will go out and help them uh, buy performance oh, okay. on other platforms, external platforms like Google, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, like that kind of thing where yeah. you get in front of relevant buyers. Wow. Yeah. Ha-
1: has that actually been growing? Like, I-, I think that the first part about, you know, Etsy, you know, ads on Etsy, that that kind yeah. of makes sense, right? And, and yeah. in, in essence, it becomes a, a race to the bottom where, you know, yeah. especially if the ads are effective, you kind of have to buy
0: ads just, just to get listed
1: yeah. or just to get displayed.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it has been. You know, I- I mean, it's been growing. I think the last quarter it grew at around ten percent services, so it was in line right. with its average um, with his, with the revenue overall top line growth. Mm. Um, but over the past few sort of past few years, it, it's definitely taken up more of a percentage of overall um, overall revenue. So it's it's definitely growing. It's definitely growing. And, and the great thing about the ads business or the Etsy ads business is that it's you know operating margin accretive. Right, it doesn't really yeah. cost much for them to do. Um, and they're able to to sell, you know, incrementally at, at like a massive, um, massive sort of boost to, to margins. And so their operating margins have been pretty impressive over the past uh, sort of five six years. I think it's they had an operating margin around five percent in two thousand sixteen, and, and last year that mm-hmm. to about twenty one percent, twenty one point six percent. So more than quadrupled in five years. Um, so obviously the pandemic they had a massive boost. Yep. I- that's now starting to wear off, obviously. There's no surprise there. But they've guided pretty well on the fact that that is, that is slowing down. Um, but okay. they need some stabilization in terms of uh, repeat buyers, habitual buyers. So a repeat buyer is someone who's bought on Etsy at least once in the past 12 months. Um, a okay. habitual buyer is someone who's bought on Etsy like six times or more in the past mm-hmm. uh, past 12 months. And so those numbers have started to stabilize. They got a massive boost during the pandemic, as everyone was obviously staying at home and thinking about like what to buy, and, and and like there was a massive boost for their pandemic uh, the masks, like their mass production, yep. artisanal masks. But since then, <laughs> since then, that right, obviously, yeah. <laughs> but their non mask production as well has done has done really well, right? Non mass sort of GMS is also uh, grown at you know massive uh, massive rates. So mm. they're. But I think one of their key, I, I guess, okay. I mean, I, first, I, I guess rewind to, to the growth for the pandemic, right? I mean, GMS yeah. was up basically 150% from 2019 to last year, end of last year. So in terms of full year um, and re- active habitual repeat buyers, you know, in terms of a three year growth basis, it was up like 100, uh, like ranging from 106 to 248% on the different mm-hmm. buyer fronts on a three-year basis right from q2 uh 2019 to the latest quarter in 2022 so i think okay. there's obviously been a massive boost yeah um, it's gonna be no surprise that that's gonna be fading but they have been able to purchase or they did purchase rather during during the pandemic they made two big uh, acquisitions one was mm-hmm. Uh, a 1.6 billion dollar deal for depop which is a um, resale uh, second-hand clothing resale site so basically okay it allows you know how the clothing industry is super polluted so polluting rather and you know fast fashion is not good for the planet yep. obviously so i think there's definitely a bit more of this conscious consumerism going on uh, so a mm-hmm. lot of Younger people at least in, in Europe in the US are thinking about how they buy clothing whether they buy it uh, You know whether they're into fast fashion and buying from Zara and H&M and you know other fast fashion brands Or they yep. want to help the environment. Are they seeing there be more value in buying secondhand clothing? Um, and so the resale clothing business is huge, right? So Depop is mm-hmm. one of the biggest uh, it's based in the UK And it's big with I think ninety percent of their user base is under like twenty four or something. So it's it's kind of focusing. No, no, I know we haven't heard of it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, no. I think many people would have heard. Um, And it's focused more on the you know the younger demographic. Uh, Whereas Elo Seven, which is Mm -hmm. uh, a, it's basically the Etsy of Brazil. They purchased that for about two hundred and seventeen million. So that was a relatively I mean, like relatively smaller acquisition versus Depot, which is at 1.6 billion. Um, but the good thing about uh, with with those acquisitions, they actually use cash, right? I mean, they didn't have to dilute shareholders with with raising equity, uh, you know, issuing equity and issuing shares or paying with shares. So I think the fact that they have the cash and the free cash flow to be able to to be able to actually um, sort of make acquisitions uh, kind of speaks to. Management and the discipline that they that they have, so those two mm-hmm. those two brands are, to be honest, underperforming. Right, so I think when yep. they closed the deal last year, into at the end of uh, June two thousand twenty-one, around June July, they closed both deals. Um, mm-hmm. So comps will only start showing up, I think, in you know Q three here in um, in the latest in the quarter that we're in right now. So it'll be interesting to see what the numbers look like, but a lot of a lot of the analysis uh, on earnings has been on margins, right? And I think consolidated EDA yeah. margins have uh, shrunk with these two, uh, these two brands, So this is the, what their whole, their whole idea or what they want to do. Etsy is build a house of brands, which is.
1: But sorry, like, how, how does that work? Right? Because if you're a marketplace, you're kind of by definition, neutral. Yeah. You know, the brands are the sellers on your platform.
0: Yeah so I think, I think no, it's more like a house of marketplace brands <laughs> rather, okay. than, rather than a house of um you know seller brands i'd say so i think i think ah, that's okay. like depop is kind of a marketplace as well and elo 7 which is brands itself as i mean or has been given the moniker etsy of brazil kind of is self self explanatory in that sense right I so, think
1: so, so these are all marketplaces where <laughs> i guess um in, in wow. the case of depop yeah. you'd you, you trade, you know, trade. You, sorry, you you deal. There's a marketplace for clothing, for clothing, in essence, right? And and Elo Seven would be a marketplace though know, that that's focused. Right. That that's kind of like Etsy, in terms of products, but focuses specifically in in oh, Brazil, Brazil. Brazil, yeah, right. And it's kind of a way for them to, to expand their geographical reach rather than setting up a, a new entity in Brazil and and trying to gain market share from Elo Seven essentially. Exactly
0: exactly yeah no you 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 uh, you put it perfectly and they also have one more which they had purchased uh, a few years ago in 2018 or 19 called uh, reverb which sells second mm-hmm. musical instruments so that's a uh, okay one that they've uh, you know that's a niche I guess it's a niche market I think they have a they have a house of niche marketplace brands maybe that's a better way of uh, putting it um, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I don't know I mean, to me, you know you it just seems very plausible to to put all of these on the same marketplace in a sense, yeah. right? Like yeah. like you can fold, reverb, or depop, and and there are items into your main Etsy platform, you know, another new category, and and that should yeah. be it, right? Yeah. You know, so so th- this That's seems true. slightly odd. Um, may- maybe there's some value attached to the brand name which they want to retain instead of you know subsuming it globally under etsy but yeah i mean this just seems as if they're they buying up smaller marketplaces to whether to to bolt on niches in in terms of products or or yeah, to expand yeah. their geographical scope
0: i guess it's also maybe they they kind of see the tam in these niche marketplaces and, then, yep. and maybe there's like there's value in in focusing on for example Secondhand resale clothing, like clothing resale, like maybe there's a big. They see that becoming a big market in this decade, I guess, because of the environmental impact and the consumer uh, consciousness about about the impact of uh, of clothing on on the planet. So maybe they want to get it. Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I, I in in a sense, I do think it is more of a move to. Expand the TAM without necessarily, yep. but we'll see. I think over the next years whether how much value is added to that, right? Because as I said, the margins for these two businesses are lower than the core Etsy brand, so it's actually diluting margin at the moment. Um, yep. So in, in a way, there might be more runway if they can actually get it up to the to the quality of the Etsy, the core Etsy brand. Yeah, kind of start running it as well as they have. As, they, as well as they're running Etsy, then, you know, there's definitely margin upside and hopefully potentially, um, you know, revenue upside as well.
1: Yeah, fair, fair. Um, I, I think that, that yeah, we'll see how the story plays out, right? It, it, it seems to be relatively early innings, um, uh, yeah. e- even for a niche. Uh, yeah. But just in terms of, I guess, their GMS and you know, number mm-hmm. of buyers and earnings. So I think yeah. where, where a lot of e has has come up Uh, is that they they all obviously experienced a big pull forward during COVID and and that has kind of, and and that tapers off, you know, Mm -hmm. with with the hope of, and and it essentially returns to trend, right? I think that that's what Shopify said in in their last earnings. Um, It it, it was a hump up and and now they're back to a long-term trend. Um, Is that, kind of the same for, for where Etsy has ended up. So so there is some, you know, enduring gains from, from COVID or, you know, has, has that actually been, been even
0: better or, or even worse? I mean, at the past couple of quarters, GMS has actually been kind of relatively flat. Um, so the mm-hmm. later quarter, it came in pretty flat year on year. Um, so at the moment, it seems to have held up, but Etsy is quite a seasonal business. So they're, traditionally, their biggest quarter is in Q4 just because... There's holiday season, Christmas, Thanksgiving. I guess a lot of a lot of holiday um, holidays in that quarter for people to buy goods. Um, Mm -hmm. They they saw like a massive jump last uh, last year in the fourth quarter, right? I think growth really picked up. But I think now that they're hitting the peak of 2021, now comps are like obviously a lot harder, right? So they've done okay in terms of being flat GMS wise from. Q2 last year, um, for the for the company, for the company uh, now, because I mean since two thousand fifteen they've grown, GMS by about five times. Um, mm-hmm. there was a big boost for 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 COVID, um, and so they've guided that they expect you know that there, there's going to be macro pressure. Um, it's no surprise. I think, you know, they're not immune to, to, to any of these uh, these headwinds such as... Yeah,
1: they, they're consumer discretionary, yeah.
0: right? At the end of the day. At the end of the day, yeah. And so they will be impacted. And so, uh, you know, management has been pretty upfront about that. I think they've guided for pretty much, um, you know, flattish, flattish growth in in uh, Q3. Um, and they they've mentioned, you know, headwinds, including you know the crisis in ukraine um yep. political events you know supply chains logistics etc so everything that usual consumer discretionary names are, are coming up against um and so they yeah but that that's
1: kind of odd right i mean you know it's hard to stretch from you know, the war in ukraine to a u.s pure marketplace right similarly (laughs) you know if you are artisanal and and it's handmade you know supply chain issues in china and lockdown there shouldn't really concern you yeah you're not a dropshipper right essentially so you know that that seems to be a bit of a i mean i know everybody says it but in in this case it seems to be a bit of a stretch it does it does
0: Uh, No, i mean to be honest i I don't think it's i don't think to be fair to them i don't think they highlighted that as like the key reason it was just in yep. a bunch of you know macro things like oh recently you know retail store reopenings etc people going back yeah uh, these are the headwinds and I, I feel like everyone now customarily has to just throw it in there you know you the
1: yeah way- everyone
0: is you know we, we have macro headwinds yeah, right? macro and, and really that's cool. it <laughs> yeah, that's it. You, you, even if it has no impact whatsoever on the business, you, you, you've got to say it, you've got to say it. So, so the crisis and the, um, yeah, I mean, supply chains, again, like, I, I, I don't know with the, with their business model, It's is it more the shipping? Is it our buyers finding it, or sellers rather finding it hard to ship? Um, because they're not, they're not a business that Um, really prioritizes next day shipping or, you know, same day delivery like an Amazon, right? So Mm -hmm. a lot of their sellers will probably maybe, maybe delivery will take five days, maybe it'll take 10 days. So it's not one of those that's sensitive to time. Um, And it doesn't really seem to bother people who buy on that site, I guess, maybe because unless you need an item, I mean, I guess if you need a a pack of diapers for your kid, you you need it that day immediately, right? you're buying something, planning an artisanal good for some. maybe you probably don't need it in the next two days or three days, or you can live without it effectively. Um, which again, you know, that, that's that's an issue if we're heading into a recession. So, yep. um, you know. Yeah, but,
1: you know, I mean, if if the main point of this is also gift giving, then there yeah. is a deadline, right? Um, I mean, yeah. even if you're not a last minute shopper, you know, you're, you're planning two, three weeks in advance, yeah. there, there yeah. is a deadline, yeah. you know. So... Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. So I mean, I think there is there is the deadline in in that sense. But again, I guess it plays into the whole. I mean, management likes to play this whole thing up about how you know we're not, you know, we're we're in tune with the the, you know, the conscious capitalism psyche. We don't mm-hmm. think the next day delivery is good for the environment, and you don't need to put this on a plane. You know, I mean, you know, when you order from Amazon now, they'll, they'll 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 ship you something from the U.S. for free, right? And it and you can order something. Yep bucks and they'll ship it for you for free that's probably not yeah you order
1: a usb wire from the us (laughs) they they fly it over and you go wow
0: environmentally friendly as a consumer (laughs) you're a consumer so so i think (laughs) that plays into the whole like oh if you don't need it it's fine you know it's only we'll take they'll take time to get to you but it'll get to you in an environmentally like appropriate way or whatever so i think that's (laughs) that's the way that they frame it as though like hey we don't need to invest in sticks because if you take the time to plan out birthdays or, you know, I don't know, events that you want to plan for, you'll be able to, you'll be able to, uh, get it in time. Yeah, fair, um, fair. Uh, actually, this you know, I think for me personally, I bought, what did I, I bought something from my older son's first birthday, which was actually mm-hmm. just, it was a book called, um, you know, oh, what was, oh, what was the book called again? It's anyway, it, it's, it's one of, it's one of these popular children's books and they have characters there. And you can, you know, you can buy birthday um, sort of uh, stickers and, and things or, or or like signs. And so I bought that and mm-hmm. you just, you could pay like a few dollars and buy it on Etsy and then they just do it digitally and it's like in, you know, it's in high depth or whatever. And you kind of, they have different formats of it. So you can put it as like placemats yep. or you can put it at whatever. So actually Etsy, you know, a lot of it can also be digital that you just get, and you just receive and you can just pay whatever a few dollars and so there's a lot of physical goods as well but if it can be digitally delivered to you immediately then that's also um useful right so I think it's I, I didn't realize that until my wife told me about it I was like oh okay that's an interesting <laughs> comment because so like, yeah, we were like did, looking did for like, know that. that was on Etsy <laughs> yeah it was on Etsy right As I was like trying to find this and all the images that you're trying to find online were like all blurry and grainy, and it was like oh yeah, yeah. you can't like you can't you know it wasn't copyrighted or whatever. it was copyrighted or whatever so you have to buy it and then you know buy it. i mean there's people who are, who are doing these designs and there's some really funny designs so you can always find something interesting even for kids you know kids birthday parties on on etsy so um so yeah that that was something that i found i found really funny because i i think i bought that like probably like three years ago or something for my son's first birthday um but it's, yeah, it's, it's just an example of the random interesting things you can find on the platform. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but there are obviously that, you know, growth has been very, very positive. It's been good, but management are guiding for this to adjust or normalize at a, at a, you know, at the base level or potentially it could take yeah. it if, if, um. If the macro turns pretty ugly, right? I mean, yeah. They,
1: they, so, so they, how how are they projecting? Right? Do, do they still see uh, maybe in the next one two quarters growth in in GMS or, or growth in revenue, yeah. or is it just it will be flat um, at least for the foreseeable future until that
0: the macro picks up? I think. I mean, they're they're focusing in a bit more on um they they're focusing on on the GMS guide for Q three down um in between. Okay. Like mid single to high single digits so it would actually be in the region of 2.8 to 3 billion yep. um, and they've looked at revenue guidance um to be up though like maybe around uh, you know low single digits 1.4 to around eight uh, percent so they've given a yeah. range 540 to 575. so even though gms is down obviously the tape rates up so revenue is slightly higher um they, so that, they really are pushing those margins <laughs> They're pushing the margins right so i think that's what they want to show the investment community <laughs> clearly at this point in time and the you know the the bit down margin is guiding pretty much in line with what the street expects right it's around 26 okay. percent. but they have they have said that depop and elo 7 will continue to be sort of dilutive right to, to etsy's uh, consolidated margin but but they made some moves in terms of placing some key people into the business um so Mm-hmm. The chief product officer from Etsy, um, a woman named Kruti uh, Patel Goyal, She's been chief product officer at Etsy for you know a good number of years, and she's moved into the CEO role at uh, Depop. So she'll be uh, relocating to London to help the business there. Kind of, you know, she's kind of come up with a lot of the ideas to push monetization on certain fronts uh, with Etsy ads or with placing, you know, specific um, products or, or linking civic buyers and with sellers as well and so i think they're gonna she's gonna be a key part of trying to turn around margins at depop and try and yep. get that business performing in line with with you know the expectations when they uh, when they bought it yeah.
1: um yeah so i guess then that no the, the financials are pretty much dead but just the, the million dollar question right in yeah. terms of valuation i mean to yeah. me this, this seems to be the, one of those story stocks of 2020 2021 where every, it just boomed it went crazy you know and and now it's probably gone the other way down right yeah, yeah. Um, is, is that about right how, how do you yeah. see that valuation I, um, whether on a relative or absolute basis
0: i mean I think on a valuation basis, it got obviously way ahead of itself. Um, I mean, so far this year, it's down, it's been cut in half, it's like down 50%, right? Um, but I think it was you know, trading at a price to earnings of like, you know, over 100 or something. So it was like crazy. Okay. Um, and it's down to about 37, like still, still expensive, I guess, uh, in this environment. But obviously expectations and valuations, everything's been reset in terms of what the market wants and what the market is looking for so even though they reported earnings that were you know that came in and they actually reported earnings that came in a bit better than expected so any anything that even comes in a bit better than expected nowadays is is usually uh rewarded uh, (laughs) Yeah. yeah it's good and and actually having cash and operating cash flow and free cash flow and actual actual income, net income is, is, is also rewarded. So I think even though they're down fifty percent, they're nowhere near as bad as some of these other tech stocks which have been whacked, like, you know, eighty percent or seventy percent, eighty percent, um yeah. so far, you know, in two thousand twenty two. So but in terms of it, it's off around sixty-six, like two-thirds. I think it got as high as three hundred at one point, at the peak, right? So it is, it is off a, a really big amount. Um, in terms of, it, in terms of it's where it was. Yeah, it is, it is all-time high. Um, uh, but I, I, think the business is pretty compelling on a longer-term basis. Just mm-hmm. the, the model. Um, I like the fact that they're not invested in capex and not invested in the, in yeah. the. Uh, in the in the logistics space, and it doesn't sound like they have any intention to get into it. I know Shopify said they didn't want to, and then Shopify you know reverse 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 course yeah. and they're going to. And it's like okay, um, so you know I, I think for shareholders it's a pretty predictable uh, business model. It's it's not too mm-hmm. difficult to understand what they do. It's pretty straightforward. It's pretty cash generative. Um, it produces you know pretty tidy sums of operating cash flow and free cash flow um but it's more about execution and margins and so so that's something that you have to watch with this business you know they they acquired uh two brands and so i i'm kind of keen to see how they integrate them over the next couple of years and and see what growth comes out of those those brands as well
1: yeah yeah fair um okay i think that that sounds about right Uh, it's a story that uh, and i think that frankly i think that there's quite a bit of challenges there as you can tell from my questioning um you know so so we won't go through that again but one kind of last you know question right you know know, i think that there's been a lot of focus around uh, these are artisanal they are special they're individualized and all that but that just brings to mind the question of skill right um by Pretty much by definition, you no, know, these are not going to scale. So, you know, Etsy will either have to find more and more sellers, um, but there's only yeah. that many ways you can make a necklace or, or you know individualized yeah. products, or or find more buyers and you know expand into different geographical markets, which they, they seem yeah. to be doing, but you know probably not not fast enough, right? Especially if they are not not doing logistics, and, and I think you know uh, related to to that whole as artisanal point is also if you are, when you are buying these products the the purchase experience is part of it, right? You know, you, you want to meet the not not meet the maker because that just sounds wrong, but you you <laughs> want to meet the producer you know, of the goods. You want to know their story. You want to you know feel yeah. like you're contributing back to your local community, right? That that's all those other you know, positive connotations to, to buying yeah. artisanal in that sense, yeah. Right, um, which is why they they can charge a markup. So. Yeah, you know, it then that just seems to be that connection that that you can't really get through a marketplace. Yeah, I
0: I guess you know, that especially the online one. No, that's like a good point. Actually, I mean that's one I guess one maybe um threat to the business right would be it's growing. I mean it always puts itself as like on the side of the little person, like the the yep. you know, and it's more about the community and we're a community of sellers and we're a community of buyers, but then if you're a community of like 500 million sellers, eventually like that doesn't seem like a very small like community, right? Yeah. It doesn't seem like very personal. So, <laughs> and then you're taking a whatever take rate. And so, so I think as they scale and as they become more profitable, then there's probably going to be more of a, 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 a lash, you know, a, a, I guess, a yeah, like a backlash. That's what I was about. a backlash against this kind of business that claims to be mm-hmm. for, the little sort of business owner and yet is obviously increasing margins and, and doing more, you know, taking more of the, of, of every dollar of every GMS. So it, it becomes a bit more of a conflicting story of this is a business that is niche, but then it's becoming, yep more mass market in a sense so like, like, I mean, that, that, that's
1: always the problem that's niches, a problem with right? yeah. niches you, you either expand it and and you are no longer niche in so which case you if, lose your selling if point can,
0: <laughs> if they can successfully manage that narrative then i'll be very i mean i'll be very impressed with man it's it's almost like you know luxury brands saying this is super luxury and super um you know only for a few people and it being like mass market like lv right yeah. they manage- mass market luxury yeah Mass market luxury and they've managed to sell it and make it make it an aspirational item that only a few people have, but it's still it's everywhere. Um, so if they can manage it'll be challenging for a marketplace. It'll be challenging for a marketplace <laughs> because it's not as um, visible, you're right, as as being like in your face as a, as a luxury brand. But I think, you know, Josh Silverman has been the CEO since uh sort of like 2016, 17. you know, he's done really well. He's pretty mm-hmm. professional. I think he used to be CEO of like Skype, and he sold one of his businesses to eBay back in the day. Um, one of his uh, e-commerce business to eBay. So he's got experience in in the space. He's been pretty good steward of the company over the past five six years. Uh, growth has been pretty. Um, obviously, got a massive massive bump up um, during the pandemic. But even before that, it was performing performing quite well um yeah but you know, we, we you know bringing a growth name here it's it's more of a, a challenge in this time i understand <laughs> but i i do actually quite like the i do actually quite like the business on the whole for a for an e-commerce name that's profitable
1: <laughs> yeah i mean look i i think it's it's a nice you know e-commerce name i you know i, I just worry that if it's going to be seen as a growth story right especially with you know the, that Self-proclaimed oh, that 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 huge TAM um, that yeah. which they have a very small part of you know I mean that's not a TAM for a niche marketplace right that's a TAM yeah. for you know a global you know marketplace and and that is yeah. kind of yeah. the, the key concern uh, j- just you know, by English right it's, it's just yeah with each other so so we'll <laughs> see we'll see um it it just seems it just seemed kind of odd to me in in terms of how they position themselves. Yeah. Uh, cool. Sorry. Then you you're just sorry. One, one last thing. You you were just mentioning about the the CEO. He he's not the founder, right? He he's a no. um,
0: kind of. Founded in 2005, but he took over in 2016 because mm-hmm. there was a I think an activist investor and in, took a stake in mm-hmm. and there was some demanded some changes uh, for the for the business and um, he was installed. I think he was on the board. He was on the board at the time, so he was installed as CEO. Yeah. So he's um, he's nice. been there. Yeah, for, for just need an activist to shake it up. Yeah, United United investor. And you know, I think it's done okay. It's just I mean obviously it's yeah. come down high, but it IPO'd at what, sixteen dollars and it's it's at a hundred something now. So even if um you know, even if you were bought in the early years, you've probably done you've probably done okay.
1: Yeah, true, yeah. true. Yeah. Right. Um as long as you have yeah, as long as you did not buy the last two years you, you're yeah. probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> as with all growth stocks. So. <laughs>
0: i think that, that's pretty much the takeaway now that pretty much the story yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you bought when when it ipo'd you did well if you bought last cool. year the people did not do well um
1: yeah so still a better investment than twitter i must say
0: <laughs> yeah well i mean twitter yeah i mean what's up i feel like twitter's it's always been a stock or it's been a company that's always been in the Public's, you know, in the public eye, but it's just a terrible investment. It's always been a terrible investment. Yeah, it's a
1: turnaround stock that never turned around, right? Which is terrible. Um, But yeah, cool. So I I think that that pretty much covers Etsy, right? Did you, anything else you'd like to add or anything I think I missed or we want to, you know, dive a bit deeper on before I kind of let you go?
0: Um, (laughs) No, I don't think so. I think, you know, I think I covered covered everything i mean uh, yeah obviously i think the consumer discretionary names will 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 suffer um i mean that's something that i i mentioned it's 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 a story that i believe in sort of longer term but if you have a recession or an impending recession you know companies that rely on consumer discretionary spending but then also on sole proprietorships and and small businesses like they're probably going to be impacted quite a bit so it's something that you will yeah, you you'll have to to monitor and and, and believe in I think long term, especially with the environment we're currently yeah. in. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think e-commerce is is probably a long-term winner, but you know who who wins yeah. within e-commerce, um, especially with SMB yeah. sellers, is is probably going to be a question, right? I mean, everybody's after right. them. There's Shopify, there's you know Amazon, there's Facebook Marketplace. It's just you know a hot battleground there.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely
1: cool thanks for that. that that was that was very useful actually um my, my only experience with, with Etsy has been you know trying to get something shipped from from the US and seeing it took 15 business days and went ah, I can't be bothered with this <laughs> so, <laughs> so so good to learn more about the company
0: <laughs> yeah no no it was good yeah I'm glad I'm glad hopefully the listeners you know found uh found this insightful and interesting because um yeah it's not a brand that we see much in Singapore really in, in yeah. front of us so but in the US, I think it's part of the you know, the cultural fiber there. Everyone's kind of aware of, of, of Etsy and, and buying things online, so um, it's um, it's made a name for itself over the past sort of like decade or so. Cool,
1: great! Yeah. Thanks so much for your time. I hope you have a yeah, good evening. thank you. And coconuts, Bye. if any questions, you know, just reach out on Telegram, and we'll send them to Tim. Because I'm not going to be able to answer them. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to take it. All in. right, take care. Bye.
0: Bye. Hey, Coconuts. So I hoped you learned something useful today. Definitely recognize that investing is a personal decision. We are not giving you recommendations here, but are always happy to geek out with you about different interesting companies and trends for the future. This series definitely has a lot more depth than terms. And we want you to tell us what stock to analyze. So if you have any feedback or ideas, do drop us a line through our socials or email us at hello at the See you in our next episode.